the title isn't actually misleading. It's a real opportunity in the marketplace. And I think when I first heard about it, I was excited to share this opportunity with a lot of you guys and a lot of you listeners, because I know, you know, we've got everyone from first time buyers to real estate agents to uh, just people looking for ways to expand their portfolios and keeping with our motto of helping people create wealth real in real estate. Uh, we thought we'd bring on someone who has done this himself, but also has a large understanding of uh, acreages, developments and uh, subdividing or stratifying properties on his own. So Mr. Tim Keyes joins us today. I've known Tim for about four years. And one thing I can say about this gentleman is he leaves no stones unturned. Uh, very much an expert in the space, especially as it pertains to stratification of uh, real estate. And he's doing it himself. So uh, who better to have come on the episode and the show today than to talk about it than someone else who's actually been through the experience of taking one parcel of land and essentially turning it into two. Uh, very cool stuff here today, guys. And if you're liking this episode, as always, leave us a review on iTunes so we can send you a delicious mug. And more importantly, guys, like it helps us a lot uh, to know that we're doing well. We get hundreds and hundreds of listeners on every single episode. And we want to keep moving up and educating more people. So we just need you to leave us that review and then send us a message on at the YVR Remo Show on Instagram at Thrive Mortgage Co. Uh, really helps us to keep going here. So again, this episode today is presented by our company at Thrive Mortgage Co. Uh, or just Thrive Mortgage Co. Myself, Alex McFadden, and my partner, Derek Williamson, are the hosts. And we are joined by Tim Keys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Let us know. We'll talk to y'all soon. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. A special day today. We've got Tim Keys on the podcast. Tim uh, is a wizard. Uh, he comes to us from the land of Harry Potter. <laughs> no, uh, that's exactly what Tim would like to tell everyone and would like to say. But in real, the reality is, in fact, uh, Mr. Tim there, you are a pilot. You are a uh, real estate agent, of course. Uh, you are a well, almost a builder at this point, um, a, a magician with wood. And... Uh, of an incredible golfer and you have a very cool truck so uh as you can know tim is uh, a good friend of ours and uh really excited to have you join the show here tim today and and teach us and all the listeners a little bit more about uh stratifying properties and and what's important for people to really understand about the opportunities uh that are available to them tim th thanks again for hopping on buddy hey absolutely guys it's a pleasure look forward to it for the listeners today, we're going to focus our energy a lot on Langley, Langley, British Columbia. And the reason we're going to focus our conversation on that is just based on the clear understanding that Tim has about the concept of stratifying properties uh, in this area. But this can apply to other cities and other jurisdictions, other provinces and so forth. It's just a matter of understanding the zoning, which we'll talk about as we kind of work our way through the process. But we're going to use this as the base point of our conversation and then really get into it. I mean, over the last couple of years, one of the biggest trends that we've seen since the pandemic in, in particular has been families looking for unique opportunities to live together and move together, uh, build together, so many different things. And we did a construction series recently because we were just having so many families uh, ask us and clients 
clients ask us about building and what does it look like and how do I buy a lot and where do I start and one of our previous episodes we had uh, a gentleman named uh, Danny pop on and talk a little bit about zoning and the opportunities of stratifying and so we said you know let's let's bring an expert in this space someone who's actually doing this so Tim's actually doing this right now with himself and his family and talk about you know his firsthand experience but also the the, the process itself so Tim yeah, what can you talk to us a little bit like first of all about you know what got you interested in the idea of stratifying real estate and what the heck is it in terms of personal interest i mean there's i'm always looking for opportunity it's who i am you guys know that um when you're an investor um you're always looking for a way to park your money or for your way for your money to make money and stratifying is a way to do that but you don't need to make any extra money outside of the money that you would need to live in the home your home your personal residence so you're able to use the money that you would use to purchase your personal residence and have it make money for you exponentially at the same time so you're basically using repurposing money and getting the benefit of a personal residence but at the same time you're able to have it make money for you sometimes tenfold it's pretty significant um, so from a personal perspective, that's pretty amazing. And if you can share that information and become an expert in it um, for your clients, pretty huge. So that's where it started for for me. And, and now I've been vol- involved in a lot of these uh, from a whole bunch of different angles. Um, but uh, really, what is stratifying and what does it look like uh, from uh, people's perspectives on the outside? If you're new to newer to real estate, you might not be um, familiar with the the idea of stratifying what that looks like you drive by them all the time there's townhouses condos all around you these are different types of stratas the whole idea is this uh, in a strata is to take a sub portion of a piece of land a parcel of land and give you ironclad title to that portion that's essentially that's a very simplistic uh definition but it's essentially uh what you're doing and um what we've done is is because in uh, Langley or in, in any other uh, jurisdiction in the area, uh, most places you can put one home in one lot. But there's a loophole. And uh, it's it was figured out about 20 years ago. And um, I can't profess to say I was the one who figured it out. Uh, but I'm certainly one who has uh, dived into this thing, figured it out, and... Uh, now we found a way to have families build wealth in real estate in a way that's rather uncomplicated. I mean, stratifying is becoming more and more common, like you said. And I think there's a lot of uh, investors, people looking to make money out of real estate that are looking for these properties because there is obviously uh, potential for quite a bit of profit in these projects. Um, previously to stratifying, you're typically looking at subdividing which is obviously a much different process, probably I'm assuming, but a lot more costly. Uh, Timelines are just dramatically, dramatically longer. Um, If you had to compare the two, do you have kind of some bullet notes on that? Man, subdividing is a whole different ballgame. When you're subdividing, you're literally creating two separate parcels, two separate pieces of land. And in doing that, it is incredibly expensive. The, The DCCs required from the municipalities are huge. Um, we know of a builder right now who's doing it in Langley and they regret it. They regret buying this piece of property because it's taking so long. They're 18 months in, they're still not subdivided and they're 300 grand in the hole. 
and they still have one piece of land. And that's so Tim above and beyond the purchase price. To go back, just because a lot of our listeners might not be familiar with some of the acronyms, can you explain what DCC is and what this process is that they're going through to do a subdivision? Development cost charges are essentially, uh, we'll call it a building tax. Something essentially the the city or the township says, this is what you're going to need to pay because these are the costs that we're going to need to have to pay to bring new services X, Y, and Z. And they have their reasonings and every single... Um, municipality will have their breakdown of DCCs. And in Langley, they've basically recently doubled. They're very, very expensive here. And especially for smaller subdivisions, it's becoming less and less viable, um, becoming incredibly expensive. And that's another reason why people are turning to stratifying um, because it's an option that's far, far less expensive. So if you're comparing the two, stratifying is less expensive it takes a grand total of maybe two weeks, the actual stratifying process. Maybe, if if even that, you could probably do it in a few days. It just needs to get processed at land title office. All that happens is uh, you submit it to a lawyer. After you submit it to a lawyer, the lawyer does the paperwork, sends it off to land title office. Boom, you're stratified. It's really that simple. Um, I got two questions for you. On that note, have you ever ran into a situation where maybe somebody builds a second dwelling? And then they try to stratify and they get denied. Is there any no. reason, prime reason that that would come up? I've had people who have had to um, make changes. So there are certain stratas called strata conversions. And that's if a, there's a property where there's a house already on it. And then you add another home. The first home has to be compliant with code for the time. So I've had people who've had, didn't know this have had suites on in the property that are illegal. They come get inspected, they find the suite, say you have to remove the suite, it's not, it's not legal. And then they can be stratified. But that's the only time that the township is actually involved in the process of stratifying is if you're doing a conversion. Otherwise, the township is not involved in any way from that perspective. And if you're building two new homes, let's say, two brand new homes are going up, uh, it just has to be built to code. And if it wasn't built to code, obviously Absolutely. the inspector would catch it. But other than that, assuming that it is built to current standards, uh, you would have no issues stratifying. I mean, even that, like, as long as you got, you were at uh, lockup, because you can stratify at lockup for two brand new homes, you can stratify at that point. And all that is, is... Hey, we're at lockup. This is where we are. We send proof. We send the strata plans. The lawyer puts it all together, submits it at land title office. You have now have two separate titles on one parcel. Okay, so let's go. Let's go back here. We talked uh, right away about the idea. You mentioned that you're an investor. So as an investor, you want to look at this. And I think most people are following along. But let's just break this down a little bit further. So. Uh, from an investment standpoint, you know, someone looking at a certain property size, and we'll get into the specifics around what the land size is and how to kind of work from there as far as what that looks like. What is the investment potential of doing this and what are the limitations around that? Like, would someone expect to basically just cover the cost of their primary home? Is someone looking at this at a perspective of, of building two new homes? Like, what, what is typically what you see people do? And is there... Uh, I wouldn't say a standard return on investment, but but something that they can anticipate as to why they might go this route versus building and replacing a home or some other type of investment. Obviously, with the cost of land increasing, building in small quantities is becoming prohibitive. It just doesn't make any sense uh, for anybody. 
I mean, even the big builders are buying some of these pieces of land with a 4% return. And they're only doing it to keep their trades going. And it's a lot of risk to keep their trades going so that they're in control as a builder because they want to keep everything going on so their timelines can stay intact for future projects. But for smaller builders, you can be selective. And when if you have to pay a million bucks for a lot and then you have to sell a home for about 1.8 million and your cost to build is 750 for that home, you're not making any money. It's terrible return. Go invest in the stock market and sit down at your house. You might as well. It doesn't make any sense. So the reason why um, this stratifying process becomes more and more viable is because you're essentially buying land at costs that were five years ago, right? And because you can do that, it now makes the cost of building make a lot more sense, which is why for smaller builders, builders, you get... I would say you can you can count on a fairly standard return. Usually a builder would want at least 10% and hope for up to 20%. Any more than that, I think a builder would be uh, very surprised and very happy any more than 20. But uh, you could I think you could definitely expect something somewhere around a 15% return if you were to buy and sell both properties. So just to kind of recap for everyone, what we're chatting about is, you know, you're, you're essentially, you could own or maybe be purchasing a, a property. They usually have to be one to two acres. We'll get into that, Tim, you can fill us in on that, but you're purchasing a property that is zoned and it's allowing you to build a second dwelling. So you build the second home, you stratify, and then there's potential to sell that property without going through the whole subdivision process. Right. And that can create some strong profits. So my question for you, Tim, um, I feel like there is a bit of a, negative aura around a stratified property, right? Like when you're out looking at homes, uh, I've had clients that say, oh, I really like this one, but it's a strata. So where do you think that comes from? And what is the flaw in buying a stratified detached home? Sure. Yeah, I think this is really fair. And we run into this all the time. And it usually comes down to one thing, misinformation. Um, At the end of the day, This is not your traditional strata. This may be a single family home uh, strata. And there are some complexities to the way that it's designed. But if the right bylaws are in place, it shouldn't matter. Because what you've done is taken uh, an opportunity, filled it with something that we have stratifying, and then have built these bylaws around it to protect both owners. So if you are buying one of these and you're freaked out and you haven't read the bylaws or they say there's only standard bylaws, big red flag, don't buy that strata. But if there are proper bylaws and you read through, you'll see what kind of maintenance situations there are. You'll see how the strata is built. If you look at the strata plan, you can see If the strata is built to the outside of the home, it's been stratified correctly. Otherwise, you're going to be responsible for the next door neighbor's exterior, uh, let's say the roof leaks, and now you're responsible for it. That's what people are afraid of. Right. I mean, it's something, or, you know, some crazy strata fee, or they're talking about this, all this stuff. Here's the reality there's two owners. In order to make a change, you need. Um, your you need at least one of the owners or two you need both of the owners to say yes 
to make, make a significant change because you need that whatever it is, 70 some odd percent of the vote to be able to make a bylaw change. Therefore, both people have to be in agreement to make a change to these bylaws. Therefore, you're 100% safe unless you're the one who signs on the dotted line saying, yes, I would like to pay a strata fee, which is ridiculous because there's no common area if these are done properly. There's no reason for a strata fee. And you own all the way to the outside of the building. Therefore, you're responsible for all of that maintenance. So if that makes sense, I mean, there's no reason why someone would be... It, it, I, the only reason would be is they just can't wrap their head around it. And if you can't wrap your head around anything, I never advise that you buy it. I mean, it's like anything. If you can't understand it, don't buy it because you'll probably put yourself in a bad situation. Thanks for breaking that down. I mean, it's good to kind of go back on a lot of this stuff because like it is a complex conversation. And even like Derek mentioned for a lot of people, it's there's a lot of either A, misconceptions around what the heck is strata or B, misunderstandings around the limitations of what you can do, which for a good news for other buyers because it, it reduces the potential cost, obviously not ideal from a selling perspective. But again, this just kind of expresses the importance if you're listening to this right now and wondering what you know what to take away. One of the biggest things is like work with a freaking expert who knows this stuff. Don't just work with somebody who can sell you a piece of real estate. Work with somebody who understands and can explain, define what the difference is between that strata and that strata and that type of property that you're looking at and, and where to go and look at that. If, you, if this is the type of property you're looking for, or you're buying estates in Langley, you need to hire the right person because there are major things that can go wrong. And Tim, again, you are in the process right now. You've just done something similar to this right now. Um, if you're okay with it, I'd love to flesh that out and just talk a little bit about that. Um, I know that, uh, you, you know, Tim, we we worked alongside you and, and uh, you had purchased that detached home in, in another city uh, a couple of years ago and were able to do well on that and use that equity towards this new venture with family. But maybe you could just walk us through on a high level kind of what that process looked like. So, you know, how did you find the lot? What did you guys decide to do and why? Um, and then we can kind of walk through the, the process as in like the budget and so forth. So. Maybe just start us off and like how you found it and why you went that route. So this has been something that we were wanting to do for a significant again, amount of time. But for what we wanted to do and accomplish, the likelihood is we were going to want to need a partner of some kind. And part of that is for time and part of that, of that is for finances. And that's most people. Um, so at, at this time, like you said, we were actually living in Maple Ridge at the time um, and funny story we moved over there because a client of mine said what's the what's the area you know the least in the Fraser Valley and I said Maple Ridge and uh, I kind of got to thinking like I should just move there and learn it so I moved there for a year and a half learned everything about Maple Ridge and now I'm back here but uh, anyways I um, this particular property was on the market for about three months it was a different market at the time and there were a lot of things about it that made it look like it was difficult to make this work but if you actually did the math on how big the property was um, and you went out there and sort of surveyed it unofficially, you could very quickly discover that it would work. But if you looked at it really quickly, you would think it wouldn't. Um, and this is just because of the, the way that the frontage was set up, where the house was sitting, so on and so forth. Um, and so we were able to pick this up for I mean, a, a, it was still extremely expensive, but I mean, at the end of the day, it, it was, it made business sense. What we were going to purchase and what we were going to end up with um, was going to be worth more at the end of stratifying it than before. Therefore, it made business sense for us. And in this case, it was also an area we wanted to live. So this wasn't the first strata property we looked at. We looked at lots. We looked at 
small ones. We looked at big ones, you know, so on and so forth. And actually, before we even get into this, we should probably talk about the specifics of what it requires to do this, because there's probably a lot of you out there right now thinking, okay, well, this is great. I would love to stratify, but it does my, I'm in Brookswood. Can I do this? And uh, I mean, the short answer, if you're at Brookswood, you can't. Um, but what you're looking for is this. Number one, this is not doable in pretty much any municipality outside of Langley Township in our area. There are lots of areas in Ontario where you can do this. Um, but essentially, uh, this is centered around a singular zoning available in Langley Township, and that's the RU zoning. And this RU zoning was built because farmers wanted to be able to have secondary residences on their property that allowed them to put their kids in, right? I come from a farming family. Every single one of my family members who are involved in the farm and are kids of my uncles and aunts all live on a farm property in a secondary dwelling. Every single one without question. It's very, very common. So what did they do? They said, okay, well, you know what? Um, people who live in rural zonings, RU zonings, we're going to allow you to have the secondary residence. That's what Langley did. That was back in the 40s, I believe. Now, in doing this, um, people at that time anyways could still subdivide. So they were still subdividing off these little pieces and portions, and there were no rules about that. So all of a sudden, now we get a lot of five-acre parcels, a lot of two-acre parcels, a lot of one-acre parcels, little small streets with one or two-acre pieces. And you'll notice, you know, as you drive through Langley, like, oh, this is a very odd street in the middle of nowhere. That's sort of a little neighborhood. Well, these, these people were sort of the pioneers of subdividing in Langley. And then this came along and the stratifying came along and these streets became prime locations for this opportunity. So... Um, then in the 70s, in 74, the ALR came in. And when the ALR came in, most of these properties were now um, under ALR reign, we'll call it, the dynasty of the ALR. And um, now the ALR has separate rules. And these particular rules, if you're in this property, now trump the municipal rules. Um, and so now you're in a, a totally different situation. Um, so now you can't subdivide these properties. And now that's kind of where we sit up into the point where stratifying comes in. So now you have large properties and small properties. So let's just, first of all, let's deal with non-ALR properties, okay? There are still out there. There are many that are not in the ALR. If you need to, if you want to subdivide or stratify rather these properties, it doesn't matter what size, you can stratify these properties so long as they're in a rural zoning, an RU zoning in Langley, you can stratify those. Now, if you're in the ALR, it's a totally different ballgame. It gets far more complex. So I could go into the 20-point list, but essentially what you want to look for is something that's under two acres because you can, make, you can send a letter to the ALR and request an exemption at which point you can then uh, stratify. You can't stratify something that's in the ALR unless it has an exemption. So that's essentially, and then there's a whole, like I, like I say, there's a 20-point list on whether you can or can't get an exemption based on certain criteria. 
but I mean, that's just like way too in depth for this particular podcast, but <laughs> let's just like put it there. So essentially if you're in the ALR under two acres, you can stratify. And if you, so long as you're rural zoning in Langley township, not city Langley township. Now, if you're outside the ALR, any size in an RU zoning, you're good to go. Okay, so so wild guesses, Tim. How many parcels of land would you say are out there that are eligible for this in the Langley Township? Just throw throw it out there. What would you say? It's going down fairly significantly. We're probably close to the hundred mark. Pretty incredible. Okay, so this is an opportunity that may not last forever, um, or well, it certainly won't. This will also become prohibitive at some point. I, that's mm-hmm. my guess, mm-hmm. anyways, because there's going to become less and less. There are going to be more and more people who become aware of this. Mm-hmm. So this is a time sensitive opportunity um, mm-hmm. and that's why I jumped on it right away is because I'm looking at this and I'm saying you know what this is a great opportunity but this isn't going to last forever so, so so for the uh, the sake of you know time and conversation I mean you found a property yourself uh, with the family members and decided to go through the process of I believe a conversion strata right where you're uh, essentially converting to strata you've kept one of the homes and decided to do a reno and decided to build a second home. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So essentially what we did is when we first approached this property, we were actually looking at this for a partnership with friends of ours. We were going to do that. Our friends were going to partner with a builder. They were going to work on the back lot. We were going to be partners on the land. And then we would work on our own house in the front. But uh, I was talking with my in-laws. We started chatting. We actually happened to Uh, write an offer on a house across the road four years ago for them they really wanted to live on this particular road Um, and here we are today they said you know we'd love to do it with you so we said you know we kind of had a quick conversation hashed out the details and what that would look like and decided that we would partner with family so this has kind of become a family thing um, after all and it's a great opportunity for those of you who would like to work with family and if you have a great relationship it also removes a lot of complexities. I think that's required, the relationship. Oh, yeah. There's, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's number one there's requirement. No, so why don't you walk no. us through process? Because um, obviously this is different than just going out buying a house or even, you know, building just a standard single family dwelling. Why don't you walk us through the steps that you would typically walk through what you guys did or, or how you would walk a buyer through? Sure. Yeah. When we're dealing with with clients who want to do this, um, first of all, we want to, we want to tackle cap- capability and if capability, you know, and, and this really mostly comes down to what's in your pocket and what you're capable of doing. And this is where like the thrive te- team comes in and they can pair you with the right lender to be able to make this happen. Nice little plug there. We'll take that. This is exactly what I would say. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it unless I said it to my, to my clients. And, and, and that's the reality is, is you guys have fabulous connections probably some of the most in in the lending industry here in in the country and you can pair these people with with fabulous so we start with this we start with the whole budget element can you do it and then if that's what the 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 budget that you want to do let's just say hey we have 1.5 for the land and we have we can get a building loan for up to seven hundred and fifty thousand. so let's say we spend two weeks working in conjunction Junction with you guys, they get all their files in and everything. We figure, okay, you know what? They can swing one five for the land. They can swing seven fifty for a build. They're going to need a partner. Yeah, it's, you need a lot of money to do these, 
if you're doing this all on your own, it's really difficult unless you're just, you got money coming out your ears. Um, now, this is for somebody who might not be a sophisticated investor. This is a great opportunity where your family can come in. Maybe your family wants to invest with you, build that second house. Do you partner with a builder? Do you sell that piece of land? You can sell it. It's complicated because you it's technically not there. It's an invisible piece of land that will become available at some time. And there are ways of doing that. You can put certain charges on title and then you often have to pay cash or De Derek and I were talking earlier and he was saying you could maybe do run sort of some sort of line of credit. So there are options to finance it in a sense, but most banks won't finance it because it doesn't exist. Um, so that's a great opportunity. So you start with budget. Once you know what you can do, you're going to start to know exactly what your capability is. So let's say you got 1.5 million. There's a few strata properties available on Old DL Road. So we're going to go on Old DL Road. We're going to get you a nice half acre piece that you're going to slice in half. You're going to build two cute homes with little shops. You're good to go. So then we build your strategy. This is where we talk about partners, commercial finance, financing opportunities, building financing, maybe builders you want to know or partner with, or figuring out and doing the research about doing an owner build. Those are some options with strategy. So after we figure out how much you can actually bite off. The number three is figuring out land size. Now this is, for most people, this isn't a huge concern unless you're really, if it's more about the outcome of what it's going to look like, sure. But if it's more about the investment prop, uh, proposition, this matters less because you're just you're in there to make the money and have a nice house and then get out. If you're in there to stay there for ten years, you're going to care more about land size and whatnot. Um, then we start to go on the search, and there's going to be cer certain parameters that you're going to want to look for. Oh well, I want a side by side strata. I definitely don't want a panhandle strata with one house in the front and one house in the back. Okay, if you don't want that, then we're going to need X amount of frontage for the type of house that you want to build in this particular area. And so you, we want to know what the viability of actually stratifying this is, and know what the minimums are for the zoning for for each lot line where the house needs to be, so that we can actually outlay and create sort of a a rough site plan so you can see what you, if you can build what you want. Then number five, we do our due diligence. Okay, This is huge now because this is getting more and more complex. The township is trying to get more and more involved as more and more of these are happening. And we know that whenever the township in, gets involved, it gets 10 times more complicated because they want a report on everything. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind. You want to make sure that when you're buying it, the property is as clean and uncomplicated as possible because it's going to save you big time in the future. Number six is to actually go and get this done um, and, and start the process. And there are things that we put in our contracts for our buyers that allow them to start on their project as soon as their deposit goes in and they remove their subjects. That means they're buying three to four months potentially of free time to get their permits in and their plans done while they're paying exactly $0 towards the property, which is huge. That's awesome. So when you write an offer on a property like this, like there's clearly just so much research and due diligence that goes into it. Are you typically asking for a longer subject period than your typical detached home? 
So it really depends the on the property. Prior? Yeah, so we can do it prior. And because we're really familiar with this process, uh, oftentimes I'll know the property and I'll know the stream or I'll, I, you know, I may have worked on one of the properties on the road and I'll say, okay, you know what, actually, this is Jacobson Creek. We know that this is a 30 meter. I know they're saying a 15 meter, but we're actually going to have to calculate this based on a 30 meter setback for this stream because I know that's what the neighbors got, right? All these kind of things that, you know, we can know that ahead of time where somebody else is going to have to pay an environmental guy to come out, wait six weeks. And we know that right now because we know what the neighbor did. So it really just depends, right? If, if you're with somebody who knows the area and knows the street and stuff, <clears throat> potentially you, depending on the market, I mean, you wouldn't want to go subject free if you didn't have to. But if you had to, to get the property, you could if you had the right person, if that makes sense. But generally Absolutely. speaking, you can easily do all the d- due diligence you need. In yeah. seven days. And this may be an obvious statement, but I think the biggest timeline or consideration out of all that, aside from the budget piece, which is always a factor, it's no different than buying your first or your investment. I mean, the financial considerations are always there, is just finding the parcel, just finding the property. And that is, a, a, like, obviously, the hardest part of all of this. The stratification process appears to be pretty straightforward, a lot easier than obviously subdividing. You know, building is building and construction is construction. So that's a separate piece altogether. But I imagine, you know, if you have a plan to a build or renovate as you noted you should probably have that as your mindset going into it so you know exactly where you're going with it so just really finding the property which um i don't know if you got too far into this but looking on and off the market i think we talked briefly about that and and looking at at uh different parts of the land um you know from my understanding tim that's a pretty straightforward process you just need someone who's going to as a as a buyer you need someone who's going to be willing to a knock on doors or send mail outs or do traditional and non-traditional methods of finding a specific property but more importantly, looking up uh, either at land title or or, or uh, any other um, you know map that shows a breakdown of the properties where these properties are located, so they know where to start searching and hunting, and they're not doing it aimlessly. So finding that property is key. Uh, again, whether it's in Langley or other cities, I do want to be clear: like there are other townships and cities that have this type of stratification available to you, but uh, this is a cool opportunity locally. <clears throat> um, so. You know, over and above that, you know, Tim, again, touching on these key points, and maybe you could put some examples to them, considerations, um, you know, uh, we're talking about timelines and costs and things of that nature. Again, we touched on this a little bit, but you noted some key- keys about not overpaying for the land and, and looking at locations. Since we're already on that conversation, maybe you can just kind of discuss what that means and, and how you would make that decision as to not, quote unquote, overpay and, and so forth. As stratifying has become more popular, like we've talked about, it's gotten more expensive. Land has gone up in general, right? So, I mean, uh, this isn't even, this is probably three years ago, okay? 36A, one of the most, the premier street to stratify, right? Beautiful half acre lots of 25,000 square feet. If you're on the south facing side, you're overlooking gorgeous pasture. Like these are multi-million dollar homes that are just incredible. This is, you know, and it's a fabulous location. So here you are on 36A, three years ago, you could buy a piece, a stratifiable acre for 1.5 that same piece of land is probably 2.1 that's 600k more and so the reality is is um a lot more of the profit margin came from the land um three four five six years ago than it did in the build Right. So you have to really the strategy comes somewhere between what do we build and how do we build it efficiently 
not cheaply, but how do we build it efficiently so that we can still make money on the other side, but our customer is still very satisfied with the outcome, right? And so that's where we have to, that's if you overpay for the land, you got a shortcut on the build. And for these properties, generally speaking, would be considered more on the luxurious end of things, or we'll call them luxury, a lot of them. And certainly on 36A, we could say that. Um, and in that case, it's certainly not something you want to be doing, especially when you're building a big, expensive, brand new house at the prices that things are at right now. I mean, you just have to be careful where you get in because you can start, you can dig your grave before you even start to dig the foundation. Yeah, it just circles back to budgeting, right? And some of these things are hard to predict, like the construction costs. A lot of people didn't predict that. A lot of people bought lots prior to the the rise in the cost of lumber, right? So there are, you got to always account for a bit of a buffer there as well, which is, you know, anybody that's helping with construction financing should always be uh, suggesting about a 10% buffer for overrun because things change, problems arise, uh, you know, there's just so many, so many different items that can come up in a bill that can cost you more than you were anticipating. And that could be your profit just like that. And now you spent a year and a half on this project with, you know, $0 earned at the end of the day. Other notes that I mean, you made here, I mean, I won't make you talk on it, but we know you talked about the process of stratifying can only take a couple of weeks or so. But you know, the, the permits, as we know, because we're going through this for a commercial build right now as well, uh, can take months and months and months. So it's one thing to get the to get the uh, the ability to stratify it, but then to get the build. So you have to factor that into your cost considerations, depending on whether or not you're holding the land or living on the land as well, right? Um, yeah, Tim, Tim, I mean, like, there's been so much information here. I think, like, from a detailed standpoint, there's so much that people can draw from this. You know, if we were to kind of uh, simplify things and walk forward, like, A, who would you suggest should be considering looking at this? Like, if you had a kind of ideal situation, if you have anyone at all, if you don't, then that's okay. Um, and then B, do you have any other stories or tips that you want to share with us as we end things out? There are a bunch of different people that this could appeal to. Number one, you could be an investor. You might not want to have any hand in this and you partner with somebody who's willing to do the work. That's, that's number one. That's the, probably the easiest, most hands-off kind of thing. Number two, you could be, maybe you're a young person who wants to work with some family and have a bit of a family compound or something like that. And get yourself ahead, get some equity in your property, and uh, get into a house that's maybe out of your price point, but because you've stratified it and made and built it, let's say for two hundred fifty, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars less than you would have to go pay for it, then you've gotten yourself into a much better situation where you don't have to move five more times to get where you want to go. And number three, uh, the opportunity. The last person could be, let's say, an investor builder. Right. And that person, they may not necessarily be a builder, but let's say some, somebody comes in. Uh, we had somebody who bought a lot. They lived in Walnut Grove. They bought it. They, they had the other lot. They didn't know what they were going to do with it. They found a neighbor who wanted to buy it. Their neighbor bought it from them and then built two homes and they went, you know, they went on their way. But those, those individuals are, are certainly, um, they have the cash to go ahead and do that. So those are the, the three people that I think that this tends to attract. Um, that being said, less and less builders are doing this now. Because like I say, the land is now getting so expensive, but because it's a personal residence, you don't get taxed on the income that you make if you stay there for a bit, which is what can make the, the project make sense. 
And on the flip side, uh, some clients of mine, they actually own one of these properties and they have plans to sell in a couple of years and retire and leave town. Um, and for them, you know, if they wanted to take on something like this, they actually have enough equity. They don't have a mortgage on the property. They could draw enough money from their property to build a secondary home and sell both stratified units, which is going to make their retirement a hell of a lot better, right? So if you're an existing owner and you want to try to take advantage, I mean, there's huge opportunity there because you're not dealing with this high land cost, right? Like you got in at whatever it was, 3, 10, 15 years ago, um, and there can be massive profit there. Just to kind of close out, one of the key things in, in, in all of these conversations is uh, generally speaking, work with an expert who knows the space. I mean, um, it, it obviously makes a big difference that we can sit here and you can basically uh, shoot off for 10 minutes uh, of just one small part of the process without batting an eye. So that's huge. So uh, first of all, if you guys are thinking about getting into strata properties and you do live in the in the uh, Vancouver region, you should be talking to Tim. Whether you're a real estate agent, maybe just reach out to have a chat or you know, uh, a client that's looking for some help. Good to partner with a good agent there on that piece um, and if you're you know somewhere else in the country same idea you want to search out and look for people who are familiar with uh, these types of uh, properties because again you don't want to work with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing and trying to figure it out when it comes to this high level of detail because there's a lot that goes into it so uh, Tim hey man thanks again for joining us if you want to check out Tim we're going to have all of his links on the podcast check him out there on Instagram Facebook website phone numbers you name it I think Tim will pick up the phone or he'll respond to you wherever the heck you are and wherever you're reaching out to you uh, Tim, any party thoughts? I'm always here. Whether whether you're actually wanting to buy or sell, that's one thing. Uh, but if you own one of these properties, don't feel like you're being a burden because we're here to educate people. And you know, if you want to buy and sell, that's great. But don't feel like you're you're burdening us if you're if you're not and you want more information on this. That's why we're here. That's just fine. Thrive Mortgage Co. Instagram. We got uh, at the YBR Remo Show. Check us out on side Thrive, thrive Mortgage.ca if you want to work with us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next time.